Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. I am so pumped when I hear that little intro. (laughs) We're going to start a revolution because Jesus is the King of Kings. Do I hear an amen that Jesus is the King of Kings? Well, we had a privilege last um, Saturday to be in Los Angeles to be a part of an event called Azuzu Now, celebrating the 110-year anniversary of the Azuzu Street revivals that took place at uh, Bonnie Bray Street, right downtown L.A. Actually, that is where our movement, the Foursquare Church, was birthed out of. But I have to, st- I just want to tell you a little snippet of that day. I'm not going to go into great detail. You can actually go online and you can actually see part of the event It was held in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Uh, 120,000 people were registered, but it was a rainy day, and about 75,000 people showed up, stayed in the rain from 7.30 in the morning till 10.30 at night. And it was pretty incredible, I have to say. You know why it was so incredible? You know who got all the credit of the day? Jesus. Jesus did. We started the day with uh, talking about repentance, repentance uh, and reconciliation between Catholics and Protestants, Jews and Christians, blacks, whites, Hispanics, whites, the Native Americans and the whites, and realizing that, you know, we all need to come together and do this together. There is no division for the followers of Jesus Christ. No division. And this new season that the Lord is doing and he's, he's opening up is, is a season of truly just that. When revival breaks out, all the barriers come down. Racial barriers, barriers of the sexes, barriers of gender, barriers of uh, denominations. Oh, it's beautiful to see all the denominational heads come out together and pray together and realize we are serving the Lord together under one church, the Big C Church. Is that exciting? So we were there, and all of a sudden, too, it was, uh, we saw this massive crowd. All of a sudden, the, the stands, and, and everybody cheers, and everybody's pointing, and here comes a person um, standing out of their wheelchair that they've been wheelchair-bound for 23 years, and they get out of their wheelchair and start walking down uh, the, the field area. It is amazing to see what God is doing. Thousands of people were healed that day. And it wasn't go, hey, go to the front where that special guy who has that special gift who would pray for you. It was like, hey, I just feel like God's presence is here uh, in this place to heal in this particular thing. And all of a sudden, people gathered around, prayed for one another, and healing took place. There's a person who had one of the the most spectacular um, healings that I would say is there's a person who had uh, cancer, brain cancer, And they came to the event unable to speak, kind of like a walking dead person, very no, uh, no really, you know, the lights are on but nobody's home type of thing, best way to describe it. He came with his daughter and the daughter came and and, uh, they saw this man ahead of time in this condition. Because of the brain tumor, it was cutting off his ability to speak um, and uh, really to function. And later that day, they brought this man on, up onto the platform and said, what did God do for you? And the man spoke intelligibly. Now, he was, he was Latin, uh, and so he spoke Spanish, but he couldn't speak anything before, and his daughter interpreted for him. And all the symptoms of that brain tumor were completely gone. His speech was back, and he had full, 
full, full recognition. He was a fully alive, fully alive. See, that's, that's the God we serve. That's, that's the Jesus that, that begins to, to come into our place and into our midst. His Holy Spirit comes in and dwells with us. And I want to share with you this morning that I do believe I was forever changed by that event. And you know why it was? Is because I felt the deep, deep love of the Father, of our Father in heaven, that he so permeated every fiber of my being to the point that I absolutely loved being in the rain, just being in his presence. <laughs> it seems so contrary. Let's get wet. And, but his presence was so amazing. And it made me realize that, that when he shows up, and he does, and he has been showing up, but I feel like there's a new season that he's, he's bringing upon us. And the new season is really about us experiencing the fullness of who he is. That he's a good father. That he loves us and he has good gifts for us and he has good plans for us and he has, he has healing for us and he has reconciliation for us. But he also has this, this heart that he wants to give us for those who don't know him yet. We're going on this Go series, and, and it's going to, we start off going to our neighbor, and then last week we talked about going to the world and going to the nations. And today we're going to be talking about going to the lost and to the least, to the lost and the least. And if you have your Bibles, let's look to uh, Luke chapter 15. Do you realize that, um, that Jesus was misunderstood an awful lot? It was funny, last night we had uh, some chairs up here and we were doing, all the staff got up here and we had an opportunity to have somebody ask us questions. And one of the questions that was asked uh, of Audra, um, tell, tell me something about Mark that nobody else would know that you want to share with everybody. <laughs> well, I have to say that it was... Um, what I thought she was going to share, it was actually because somebody else yelled out a story that they once knew because we actually were in the same Bible school together. I won't say who that person was, Kevin Womack, but um, <laughs> there was a time that I was in Bible school. My wife and I were married, and I, uh, there was a party on the girls' floor, um, and uh, there's a birthday party, and my wife was invited to it, and and I wanted to also go, but there was a rule at the school that no boys were allowed on the girls' floor. And so uh, I decided to play a little practical joke, and I put on my wife's dress. And I went down to the girls' floor and said, girls, I'm here for the party. And uh, that got me actually kicked out of Bible school. But um, I thought it was funny, but... Um, the chancellor pointed me to a scripture that says, any man that wears women's clothes is an abomination before the Lord. And I, I, I had to realize, hey guys, it's about the heart. I really don't like wearing women's clothes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bent that way. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I've been misunderstood many times, like Jesus was misunderstood many times. You see, Jesus hung around with drunkards and sinners. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus hung around 
the outcasts. He, he hung around the ones that didn't have great reputations. Do you know why he did that? Because he loves the lost people. He loves people who don't yet know him. Because he understands when you know him, your life changes and it changes for the good. And all of a sudden you have purpose and all of a sudden you have peace and you have a hope for the future. Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 15, if you take your Bibles and look there, Jesus tells us this parable, the parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. Isn't that amazing? The tax collectors and the sinners. Tax collectors were considered the outcasts and the sinners loved to hang around Jesus. And Jesus loved hanging around them. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, hey, the religious people got a little bent out of shape, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if, if he has one, if he has lost one of them, does he not leave the 99 in the open country, in other words, that's the safe place, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus tells us the story because he wants us to understand how passionate he is about the lost. And he's asking us, I do believe in this as well, that, that we need to have the same heart as Jesus and care desperately for those who don't yet know him. Again, the, the question is why? Why? You know, last week we talked about um, the Great Commission. To go proclaim the gospel to all the world. That proclaim the gospel. That means share the good news. And by the way, if you've legitimately found Jesus, you realize Jesus is good news. Because he's taken away all the guilt and the shame of our past. He's given us purpose. He's given us this connection to our Father so we feel deep love and acceptance. We're no longer condemned. We're no longer judged. It's just we're loved. We're loved by God. And this is good news. And he's saying, hey, why would you not care? You've been found, but why wouldn't you go find somebody else to share the good news? You see, it's the found who need to go to the lost so the lost can be found. I think there's a slide on that. The lost are found when the found go to the lost. And this is what Jesus is saying. He left the 99, those are the found, to go after the one that was lost. And I, and I wonder if we get stuck sometimes, we get found, and then we're just happy we're found. <laughs> but he's saying, wait a second, when you're found, you can't stop there. You then have to take it the next step and be like Jesus and go after the lost. And by the way, the lost are probably going to be the ones that 
have some unsavory character. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you've just come out of some lifestyle things that are, that are always pulling you back into a negative place, I'm not suggesting you go immediately back into those places. But I am saying you can share the good news of Jesus with people who don't know Jesus. When's the last time you shared Jesus, the good news of Jesus, with somebody who doesn't know Jesus? I've been reflecting on this personally. Some people think, well, you're a pastor. You should have no problem with that. i I'll be honest with you, sometimes it is a little hard for me. I'm always trying to find that balance. Do they want to hear? Do they not want to hear? But you know what? If you've got good news, why wouldn't you just share the world with the world the good news that you have? You should be jumping up and down. Hello, neighbor, I want to tell you what Jesus has done in my life. It's good news. You know, it's really easy to share with you because you come to church. If you're walking through these doors, there's something inside of you that you kind of want to know about God. It's really easy. <laughs> I can just share that with you. But I get outside these church walls and all of a sudden I'm wondering, well, do they, do they really want to know? Can I tell you what, the season that we're in, people are desperate for hope. People are desperate for life. People are desperate to find Jesus, quite honestly. They've tried everything else. We live in a culture, it's easy to try everything and anything. You can try drugs, you can try drinking, you can try sex, you can try just engulfing it with movies, you can try... All these things. Get involved with sports. You can be getting so sucked into work. You can try everything to find fulfillment. And it leaves you empty every single time. I guarantee you. We were never designed for those things. The reason we get into those things is because we're looking for something to fulfill us. But it leaves us empty. And it leaves us broken. And Jesus is saying, would you go after the lost and the least. He goes on to tell this parable in Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does she light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And when I say repent, uh, those are like kind of Christianese words. Repent, all that word means is this is the way my life has been lived and I'm changing the direction that I'm living my life to go follow this direction and this direction is following Jesus. It's really simple. The good news is I was lost and now I'm found. I was broken, hurting, confused, and now he's healing me and making me new and he's giving me purpose. He's giving me freedom. It's such a big deal that even the angels rejoice. Even the angels rejoice when just one person comes to receive Jesus. It's such
such a big deal that all of heaven erupts when one person gives their life to Jesus. And when Jesus left this earth, he gave us his comfort of the Holy Spirit, and then he gives us the great commission to go. To go into the world and share the good news. That means every single one of you has been responsible with this task. I'm aware that some of you here today probably maybe don't even know Jesus. Or maybe you know him, but you have not really made him the Lord of your life. I'm also thinking of this, and actually it was confirmed this morning. I had a sense that Jesus was wanting to do something different this morning. And a word was given to somebody this morning that they felt like the Lord was saying, and it's directly in confirmation where I wanted to go. And I think sometimes we feel like we don't measure up ourselves. And so what qualifies us to go share the good news? And this morning, I want to give opportunity for us to experience the love of the Father, experience His presence, experience His goodness. Because when you can experience His absolute deep love, you can't help but share that with somebody else. You can't help but share it with somebody else. You see, the lost are found when the found go to the lost. So what I want to do in the next 15 minutes, I want to create an atmosphere here where this becomes about you and Jesus. This is about you and God, our Father in heaven. It's about the Holy Spirit being able to come and move and minister to you and speak to your heart. It's also about those who feel hmm, a little inadequate that he's going to start pouring into you. I'm going to speak to you a few things to respond to in the next 15 minutes and I would only ask this of you if, if that's okay. Just keep your life open. Keep your heart open in these next few moments and allow the presence of God to minister to you. Would you be okay with that? I've asked Abby Allard to kind of have an opportunity to minister to us through music. And we're just kind of kind of see what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. Trust me, if you, if you feel like, wait a second, we just went off program here. I'm a little nervous about this. Trust me, you'll be okay. The Holy Spirit's gentle. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Would you just take a moment, close your eyes, and say these words, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to work in my life. I want to respond to you. Thank you for being gentle. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for ministering to me.
Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 